It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Treasure. Treasure on TV. Slash Asian 3. The pod this Tuesday, Manchester City wins the FA Cup. We'll have a full FA Cup final recap in the kickoff. Then we'll do our final weekend soccer recap of the season because next weekend it'll just be a Champions League final recap. It won't be a weekend soccer recap. There's not a lot of games next week, right? There's only one. So uh, the final weekend soccer recap uh, with La Liga, Serie A, and Ligue 1 finishing up over the weekend. Into already soccer transfer rumors. The window is open, and the rumors are already flying. Some NFL offseason headlines. A little look at the Stanley Cup final two games in, two games into the NBA finals, and then a little golf at the end of the program with a Memorial Tournament recap. Victor Hovland getting a big win for him. So congratulations to Victor Hovland. So FA Cup recap, final weekend soccer recap of the season. Until uh, August there. Soccer transfer rumors, which will carry us through, <laughs> through the summer with the golf. NFL headlines, Seneca final, NBA playoffs, PGA Tour, and more on the pod. All right, kickoff, FA Cup final recap, Man City 2, Manchester United 1. City capture their second step of the trouble. They've won the Premier League. They've now won the FA Cup. And next Saturday, they have a date with Inter Milan and Istanbul for the Champions League final. And it will be for a treble. It's the Citizens' seventh FA Cup overall. Their second with Pep Guardiola as the manager. And it's the 11th trophy in the seven-year tenure of Pep Guardiola. So a team and a club that just continue to win. Uh, Yes, they have a gigantic budget, but you also have to back it up. Yes, they have a great manager, but he also has to pick the right style and team. And we've seen that play out through the season where he's changed the system and the players really completely. And he's got two out of the three that they really want to win. This is obviously third of the list of Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, right? We know that. But still, it is a big, big competition. It's a historic competition. And he has his second FA Cup and City have their seventh overall after beating their rival United in the first ever Manchester Derby FA Cup final. So a big win for City and a tough one for United. They were in the match. I don't know if they should have been in the match necessarily, but they were in the match. Top four finish, Carabao Cup champions and FA Cup final appearance. Not a bad first season for Ten Hag, I'm sure. Um you know, you get to the final, you, you think you got a good shot to win it. You, you think you win it. To go home empty-handed from a final is very tough. Don't, listen, I know I know it, right? Super Madrid, right? So, again, though, congratulations to City. Commiserations to United. Um, just real quick about the fan who had the, the shirt referencing the Hillsborough tragedy. Um, rightfully uh, arrested by the authorities due to the laws in England. And um, hopefully that guy got his day ruined minimum. You know, it's it's one thing to banter. It's one thing to, you know, run your mouth and, and talk junk and all that kind of stuff. But it's another thing to 
talk about tragedies and sing about tragedies and make shirts about tragedies. That's all. That's all. And if you're going to be like, well, Liverpool fans have done it too. And, and I would say that's disgraceful as well. Like, what do you mean? It's all bad. So, just glad the authorities found that clown. That's all I got to say about that. All right. City versus United. Manchester Derby. FA Cup Final. The first one ever. City went at 2-1. The 11s, the team news for Pep Guardiola. Ortega was in for Ederson again, which is mildly concerning for the Champions League final, but it is another full week. So, I do presume that Ederson will be in the post for Inter. Akanji was in, fit enough, but Ake was not fit. So it's still Kyle Walker in that back line with uh, Ruben Diaz. And he did uh, Stones and Rodri in the double pivot. And then the four-man wing to set up there with Gunawan and De Bruyne in the middle. And Silva on the right and Grealish on the left. And, of course, Holland up top. And for Ten Hag, he made some big calls. He made some big calls in this final. Um Fred and Casemiro in a double pivot. Erickson in the 10 and Bruno and Sancho flanking him. Rashford in the nine. I don't hate the Rashford in the nine move. Weghorst was never going to give you enough to me uh, to be your number nine in a final against City. So I don't hate the Rashford move in the nine, but Bruno's been really, really strong in the 10. I think you have to play him and... Uh, obviously, Anthony couldn't go, as we know. Fred, to me, has no place in anybody's team. I, I, I think he's he's not good enough. He's not good enough technically to lack what he doesn't have physically. He's not good. He's not gifted enough physically to lack what he has in in technical abilities. He's not good enough and. Honestly, for Manchester United, Fred starting in your team, like I, I don't know. I just I've been I've been on Fred for a long time. I don't think he's a Manchester United player. And if I was a Manchester United fan, I'd be like, get this guy out of my team. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But Ten Hag, big call. Fred Casemiro double pivot. Erickson in the ten. Bruno and Sancho on the flanks. Rashford in the nine. Shaw was fit. Wambasaka was fit. And uh, we knew Lissandra Martinez was not going to be fit. So it was Lindelof and Varane in front of De Gea. So match starts. And hopefully you were ready for when this match started. Because 13 seconds in, long ball from the keeper Ortega for City. It's knocked down by Holland to De Bruyne who flicks it onto Gunawan. Volley, bang. Just like that, 13 seconds into the match, City lead United 1-0. And... You got to figure with the way United were set up with the way or or with the players that he had put in that setup was let's keep it zero zero for as long as possible. And they literally conceded within the first 15 seconds of the game. Um, That's really hard to do. It's outstanding play by City. It's a brilliant strike by Gundogan. And just like that, they're up one nil in a final. And playing with the lead now, all the people, they score too fast. Shut up. That's that's crazy. Uh, people actually say you score too fast. Um, 
Next chance was a Rodri header that, honestly, you should have done better with, to be fair. Holland half chance does force a save from De Gea. Then Holland with another chance. It went high. If he could put it on target, he probably would have scored, to be fair. Then a United chance with a Rashford header going wide. Again, he kind of should have done better. De Bruyne shot just wide of De Gea's goal. And then United get back into it. Wambasaka wins the ball against Grealish. He, it goes off Grealish's hand. Play goes on. Then eventually VAR stops it, tells Tierney to go look at it. The the VAR, by the way, is David Coot. And, you know, just throw this in there. Just just a quick fact, and I'm pretty sure this is true. So if it's not true, you'd be like, AJ, that's a meme. You're, you're lying to your audience. I'll say, hey, my bad, and apologize. But David Coot's cover photo on Facebook was the Stratford end at Old Trafford. So he's the VAR official. And he tells Tierney to go look at it, and they reward it as a penalty. And though I think these are some of the harshest penalties, if it was 100% automatic and it's always going to be a pen, I think you could live with it. There have been instances in Premier League. There have been instances in the FA Cup. There's been instances in Champions League. There's been instances all over Europe where the proximity lets the – how close you are to where the other player is kicking the ball and it's a handball on you. If you're really, really close and it was very, very hard for you to react, like they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and not call it a handball. I've seen it given a handball. I've seen it not given a handball. So to me in a final to give a handball like that, when it was really route one, one way traffic besides the Rashford chance, you could really say to that point in the game to give United a penalty. Ugh. It just rubbed me the wrong way. You'd be like, Asia, you hate both teams. Like, of course, any ref decision you're not going to like. I just don't think those should be handballs. And you'd be like, well, Luke Shaw got one against Brighton. Luke Shaw was raising his hand like he was trying to answer a question in math class. And the ball hit his arm. That's different than Jack Grealish going for a header, not looking at the ball whatsoever. Eyes are closed, and it goes off his hand as he's trying to propel himself like in a different way to twist and turn to midair. That's not a pen for me. I'm sorry. And again, proximity here I think matters a lot. An unnatural position. Like, there's a difference between an unnatural position and a guy making himself bigger and a guy just, like, jumping. You know what I mean? So it was never a pen for me. The fact that Bruno rolls it in. And then celebrates like he's like God's gift. Bruno, what a child that clown is. And honestly, if he's your captain, what a disgrace. I've already said it multiple times. But the fact that he wears the armband for Man U, which is such a great club with such great leaders. Um, like, think about the people that have worn that armband. Roy Keane. Rio Ferdinand. Wayne Rooney. Like, these are great, like, players in the game, in the prem, and, like, that's the guy that has the armband, Bruno Fernandez. I don't know. And you be like, Adrian, you're just a hater. Fine. I, I wouldn't disagree. I think he's a good player. I think he's a, he's a child out there. He should be, like, on the rec leagues on Sundays. Anyway, he rolls it in, so it's 1-1. Uh, then, ball comes in from Stones. De Bruyne is going to be first to it, and Fred takes him out. And in the area, it's no call, no VAR. Like, if you're going to call one a handball and look at it, like, 
De Bruyne is beating Fred to the ball, and Fred cuts across at him and cuts him off and doesn't win the ball, and it should be a, that should be a pen too. Then it's not no call on the on the pitch, no VAR. So that's how the first half ended. One one was all to play for um, in the second half, which I would guess was good for the neutral. But to me, City should have been up one nil, no penalty conceded, and and possibly had a penalty. So it could have been two nil in my opinion. But uh, in my opinion, order was restored early in the second half. City corner, De Bruyne to the edge of the area. Gunawan volley. He volleyed the first one with the right foot. He volleys the second one with his left foot. Does he catch it absolutely 100% clean? No, he doesn't. But guess what? De Gea, so late to move, thought it was going to be blocked, blames everybody else. And while he's blaming people, the City players are running to Gunawan because he's got a brace in the FA Cup final. Two volleys, one with each foot, and both out of the edge of the area. Brilliant, brilliant goals. Brilliant goals from Gunawan. So it's City 2-1. De Bruyne then forced a right foot uh, save from De Gea. If he puts it anywhere else, he might score. Rashford has a chance. Uh, his shot goes high. It was a really good chance. Then Garnacho came on. Garnacho, to me, should have started. I understand his his role as an impact sub for Ten Hag, but it's a final. You're going to need goals. You're never going to win this game like 1-0 against Man City. You're never – like, I don't think United was ever going to win this game – again, 1-0, 2-1. I don't think that. I think they would have had to win a 3-2 game, a, a 4-3 game. They, I think they would have had to win a wild game. And City could win those games too, no doubt about it. But, I don't know, I think you got to score. I think you got to score to beat them. It's very rare that you can beat them 1-0. Very rare. And, I, and obviously it's happened. Liverpool got them at Anfield 1-0 with a solid goal. Like, I understand. But 1-0 against City is a very, very tough result to try to play for, to be honest. Um, but Garnacho had a really, really good chance, and it goes just wide for a possible equalizer. So, to me, and obviously it's, you know, Monday morning quarterback, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Garnacho should have started for me. He would have started for me because then you put Bruno back in the ten. You put Erickson next to Casemiro in a in a box to box kind of role, and you let Casemiro be the general, and he doesn't have to worry about Fred, who is a red card waiting to happen all the time. And by the way, Casemiro won a foul early in the match. He probably should have been sent off. So that's another story. But anyway, stoppage time. Shaw, good cross into the area. Big scramble at the net mouth. McTominay had two chances. Weghurst tried to get free, couldn't. But both chances to no avail. And shortly after that, the final whistle blew. And crowned Man City the FA Cup champions. So no cup double. No domestic cup double for United. They walk away with the Carabao Cup and a top four finish for their season. And City play on. They play on for history. They play on for a treble. And they would be joining Manchester United as the only English teams to win a treble with a Premier League title, an FA Cup title, and a Champions League title. That 98-99 United team with those legends, Roy Keane, and so on and so forth. Ronaldo, of course. So um, that's the end of the English season. 
we have one more game in the European season with uh, City and Inter, which we'll talk about on Thursday's show in depth. Can't wait for that. Working on that preview. Um, just chipping away at it and putting in interesting little tidbits here and there that I see, some stats that I see. So that'll be fun on Thursday for sure. So uh, City are victorious in the FA Cup final 2-1. They beat their big rival in town, Manchester United, in the first ever Manchester Derby in a final. Very, very cool. Very, very, very cool stuff. All right. In uh, Spain, La Liga action, Real and Athletic, it they drew 1-1. Benzema had a great uh, penalty in his final game. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Atletico... Madrid also drew against Villarreal in Villarreal 2-2. Correa had a brace. And Celta Vigo beat Barcelona 2-1. So the final table in Spain, Barcelona on top by 10 points over Real Madrid. In second, Atletico finished one point off second. In third, Real Sociedad in that fourth uh, place. That's a good season for them. Villarreal fifth, Real Betis sixth. And then going down, Valladolid, Espanol, and Elche. Going down to... Uh, La Liga 2, if I'm not mistaken. All right. In Italy, Syria, Inter beat Turin 1-0, Brozovic goal. Lazio beat Empoli 2-0. Napoli beat Sampdoria 2-0. Osman and Simeone. Simeone, a great goal there. AC Milan, Hells Verona, Milan win 3-1. Giroud, penalty in a Rafael Leao brace in uh, the goodbye to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's going to retire. Uh, he's hanging up the boots. Funny moment in the ma uh, aftermatch when he was addressing the crowd. The Verona fans were booing, and he, he said, he said, keep booing. This is the best moment of your year seeing me <laughs> in person. <laughs> what a psycho. Uh, Roma Spezia, Roma win at 2-1. A 90th minute, Dybala penalty gave Mourinho's men three points, and he motioned to the fans that he's going to stay in Rome for next season, so we'll see if that happens. Atalanta beat Monza 5-2, and Juve beat Udinese in their final match of the season 1-0. A Chiesa goal, and it's good to see his name back on the score sheet after um, that brutal injury that he suffered. And in Serie A, you look at the table, Napoli on top, comfortably clear. Uh, Lazio finished with 74 points, Napoli at 90 points. Inter in third with 72, AC Milan in fourth with 70. Atalanta and Roma... 64-63, uh, respectively, 5-6. Juventus, with that point deduction, in seventh, one point off the Conference League, two points off um, Europa League, and eight points off a Champions League place. That's pretty brutal. That's that's pretty brutal. Uh, Hellas Verona, Cremonese, and Sampdoria going down to Serie B. And in France... Uh, PSG, Claremont, Claremont win 3-2. Ramos and Mbappe scoring for PSG in their loss, the final game of the season. They win Ligue They clinch in. They won by one point over Len, 85-84. Marseille finished third, 73 points. Lille, who won the league two years ago, finished fifth, uh, 67 points. Monaco in sixth. Lyon in seventh. And going down, Auger, Ajeko, Troyes, and Angers. Four teams go down in France? Holy. That's pretty crazy. All right. Um, and then in the DFB Poca final, Rebel Leipzig 2, Frankfurt 0, Nkunku and Sabalosia 
the goal scorers for Rebel Leipzig, and that's back-to-back polkas for them. So, uh, good. Uh, they won. They won cups. You can't listen. You're probably not going to win the league because Munich's going to win it, obviously. And if Munich don't win it, maybe Dortmund do. So if you go after a cup, you go after a cup, and they've won it back-to-back -back years. So good. Uh, good for them. Good for them. All right. Uh, soccer transfer rumors. Start with Man U. Mason Mount to Man U. Personal terms are, are apparently done, and it's a matter of Chelsea agreeing to a fee and uh, Man U sending it. So Mason Mount, uh, apparently a big part of the Ten Hag project at Old Trafford. And joining him could be his England teammate, Harry Kane, could be on the way to Old Trafford or Real Madrid. We don't know. Or he could be staying in Tottenham. Apparently Kane wants to break uh, the Premier League goals record. He can't do that at Real Madrid, I'm pretty sure. So that's the man you knew so far. McAllister and Liverpool getting closer. Medical could be done Tuesday or Wednesday, and he could be announced either day when it's done. So McAllister will be Klopp's first signing in the summer, it seems like. And then to bolster the midfield more, Manu Kone from Gladbach is a target. And then Taram, who Liverpool have had some links to, but never anything crazy serious. Uh, that's the third name being listed with uh, the ties to Klopp's war chest, you can call it, even though it's not a war chest, as we know. So that's the latest Liverpool. Man City are looking to get Kovacic from Chelsea. Chelsea are going to have to offload a lot of players, and they might be just trying to get rid of some at a price, and some teams are going to be very, very fortunate to grab some players unless they their due like, becomes a bidding wars because Kovacic is a very, very solid player, and he would play well in a Man City team, that's for sure. Chelsea are in on Caicedo, even though I don't know how they would do that. But they're in on him, but out on Ugarte, apparently. Ugarte is going to be a PSG player, they're saying. And again, Chelsea have to move a lot more players. Arsenal are making the play for Declan Rice. Xhaka is out, as we know. So they will have a hole in that midfield to fill. Declan Rice is, is certainly a player that could do it for uh, Arteta at the Emirates. Now, the... Arsenal big rival Tottenham, uh, post Teglo, Teglo, from Celtic is going to coach Spurs. I had it spelt out phonetically. I still screwed it up. Sorry, man. Spurs are probably going to move on from a lot of guys. Lloris, Parisage, Celso, Regalone, Wink, Sanchez, Segason, all on the transfer list, as they would say in FIFA, for Daniel Levy and Tottenham. Now, how many players will? be sold how many players are they in for what do they do with harry kane like it could be a very very different time uh at tottenham going forward that's for sure joe cancelo is going to go back to atletico from chelsea chelsea's not going to pay the fee but joe could be coming back to the premier league to play at st james park newcastle could be making a play for the portuguese striker joe felix could be coming back to the premier league we're hearing that out of newcastle the Leeds Americans apparently leaving. McKinney going back to Juventus. Aronson has a clause. Adams is a question mark because Adams seems like he seems like a Leeds guy. And I say that because I've watched a lot of um, some of the, the things they put out because the U.S. men's national team retweets it or it comes across my timeline or whatever. And he just kind of gets it, and he seems like he understands that Leeds is a, a proud club with good history and all that kind of stuff. 
So he's a question mark. I could see him sticking around and being like, hey, if we make the ch if we just come right back up, it's not the biggest deal playing one season in the championship. It's not. But I also could see like a team apparently Nottingham Forest wants him. And to stay in the prem and go from a club like Leeds to a club like Nottingham Forest to kind of giant clubs of the past that are trying to get back close to that perch as possible, I, I could see him moving to Nottingham Forest. That's for sure. He's a great player, Adams, in my opinion. So that's the update with Leeds. Another team going out, Leicester City. They're all going to lose Tealmans, possibly a link to Arsenal there. Madison could be next. You don't really see him going to a championship side, that's for sure. So uh, that's the latest with some of the championship sides. For Real Madrid, Bellingham in. He'll be in Madrid soon. Could be joined by, as I alluded to, Harry Kane, but also Kai Havertz. A lot of talk about Kai Havertz becoming the new forward for Real Madrid in the wake of Kareem Benzema leaving because he's leaving and going to Saudi Arabia. Um, Modric is going to stay. Hazard got bought out. Asensio's going to PSG. And this is going to be a big transfer window for Real Madrid. You're going to see them add, you know, three, four players. Yes, we've seen them add here and there. You look at a Camavinga. You look at a Choameni. Um, they have added some players, but they haven't had that big Galactico transfer window. They haven't had that. We signed four guys that are starters and going to be club legends and we're going to win a bunch of trophies. They haven't had that window recently. And I think it could be this one with a Bellingham with possibly a Harry Kane or a Kai Havertz. And I do believe there'll be some more big signings. That's for sure. Messi is going to leave PSG. His options include going back to Barcelona, which are is becoming more and more clear if La Liga gives him the go, that's for sure. Uh, Saudi League is obviously an option, and then MLS into Miami is an option for Messi, but we'll see. I don't honestly, I don't know how you turn down the Saudi League money. It's it's so much money, it really is. It's just it's generational wealth on top of generational wealth, so. All right, NFL headlines. Bills and Ed Oliver agree to a 4-68 to extension. They also signed Leonard Floyd, so they are keeping Oliver. That's a smart move. He's a good player. And then they got a guy in Leonard Floyd who is a veteran that adds to your pass rush. Like, those guys really help, and it's it's very interesting pass rushing as a, as a position and a, as a, a weapon in the game of football because – it's very similar to like a hot goalie or like a guy that scores a bunch of goals for you in soccer or hockey or a guy that's been really seeing the ball go through the net as a three-point shooter. Like if you get a guy that's just locked in on pass rushing and his moves are working and he's going to the swim move when he should and he's getting double teamed but he's beating it and like that could change a season, a postseason, a Super Bowl. Like so – those are like the little things that I think a lot of people overlook. Like, hey, we got a vet, and at any point he can get a three-sack game for us, you know? Chargers and Justin Herbert, they're having ongoing extension talk, so it seems like that after the Eckler um, thing popped up on the Chargers' radar this offseason. They had Herbert at the top of their priority list, and now it's um, now it's back on. McDaniels says that he's not really worried about the Raider quarterback. 
position. I don't know. Maybe he probably should be. He probably should be with what the hell's going on. Uh, Norma Hunt passed away. The Chiefs matriarch, part of the ownership group there for a long time. Um, condolences to her family and uh, my deepest sympathies to the Chiefs family. And they went to the, uh, the White House to celebrate their Super Bowl. So that was tough timing. And then apparently there's a Colts player who is betting on himself and betting on the Colts and betting on games. So we'll see what happens with that. And we're going to have a suspension again. And the NFL is going to have more gambling stuff because uh, you had a lot of players be like, hey, like we were like screwing around with college football games being like, hey, here's, you know, five bucks a game. Yeah, five bucks a game. But are they getting in trouble for that? So we'll see. I think it's going to be it's it's only going to get bigger. Like Calvin Ridley was only the the start to me. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Stanley Cup final. Florida Panthers, Vegas Golden Knights, Knights win game one. Panthers score first. Knights then answered um, in that first period. Knights took a 2-1 lead in the second. Also, the Hill save was ridiculous. Knights take that 2-1 lead. Declare ties it with 10 seconds to go in the second. Knights made it 3-2 in the third. Then Stone made it 4-2. Then they get the empty netter. So that's how they won game one. Fast forward to game two, which the Knights win to take a 2-0 lead in the cup final. Knights scored twice in the first period, a power play goal. Then they had a big penalty kill, led to a second goal. They had another two early in the second. That made it 4-0. They chased Bobrovsky. Credit to the Panthers. The Chuck made a big hit on Eichel. It was a clean hit. Absolutely clean hit. Um, but a big hit, nevertheless, before the period ends. Panthers pull one back early in the third, but the Knights answered right away to make it 5-1. Uh, they score a sixth. Panthers score a second to make it 6-2, but the Knights answer with a seventh. More penalties to end the game. Florida had like 84 penalty minutes. I think Vegas had 44 penalty minutes. So you add in a bunch of misconducts, game misconducts, and sportsmanlike misconducts. So that's how you get a bunch of uh, penalties like that. That's for sure. So interesting stat here. 38-3 record when the home team wins game one and game two. Very interesting stat there. Florida will have to turn around on their home ice with two wins and then make it a best of three and try to steal at least game five or game seven in Vegas to be cup champions. So they got to turn around first, games three and games four, but they will come back to Sunrise, Florida, down two games to none. Vegas holds home serve in the cup final. From the ice to the hardwood, NBA Finals, Miami-Denver, Nuggets win game one after having a 17-point lead at the break. Heat at one point cut it to 10 with an 8-0 run. Then another solid run of minutes got them closer to the Nuggets, but they were in control uh, when they took that first half lead. Jokic with a good game. I think he had almost a triple-double double in the first half of the way he was playing. Um, he definitely had double-digit assists in the first half, so... Nuggets hit a lot of shots. Heat didn't in that game one. But in game two, the Heat come back. They even the series with that game two win. Nuggets took a lead in the second quarter. They had a six-point lead at half. Heat then tied it in the third. They went on a big run early in the fourth to take the lead. They never looked back. Nuggets closed it to one possession, but not closer. Jamal Murray at the buzzer had a look to tie the game. A good look. Step, uh, step back three, but a good look nevertheless. And uh, it did not go. So the Heat. Shoot it better. Duncan Robinson had a big game. He had a big uh, couple moments there 
in that run that gave them the lead. So, yes, they lost game one, but they do take game two, and it's going to Miami 1-1 for games three and four. PGA Tour, Victor Holland wins the Memorial Tournament in a playoff over Denny McCarthy. Roy McIlroy had a share of the lead going into the final round. All he had to do was shoot one under to get to seven under to be in the playoff with Hovland and McCarthy, hypothetically, but he shot three over and blew it. And Scotty Scheffler posted a 67, which was good enough for 66, uh, six under. And he had posted it, and he thought maybe it could come down to it, but I'd probably be one shot out, and he was one shot out. The fourth win for Hovland, but really his first was some panache, a big field, a big tournament, Jack's place, Jack's tournament, Jack's setup. Um, and you do have kind of major championship conditions. It's a course that can host majors. We know that. It's a course that's hosted both a Ryder Cup and a President's Cup. So a very daunting test, a tough test, a fair test if you hit it in the right spots, Jack says, right? So Victor Hovland wins it. That's a big win for him. Uh, I don't want to be I don't want to like do the whole tiering of tournaments or anything, but like if the players is just below the majors, I'm I think Jack's tournament is really, really close to the players, in my opinion. It's a big field. It's a major test and it, it should mean a lot to the players because it's Jack's tournament, in my opinion. So Hovland with a win. That's a big one. That's a big one for him. That should give him the confidence at a major to go get one now because he's been hanging around in majors. He's been in final pairings of major championships. He's had 54 hole leads. He's had opportunities and he has not walked away with one. Now he does win a really big, really, really big tournament and uh, congratulations to him. So we have the RBC Canadian open this week and we keep the opens going with the U S open the following week at LA CC. So, very excited for that. Uh, we'll have a full preview for LACC coming up uh, next next week, right? Yeah, next week. Um, yes. So we'll do. Maybe we'll just do. Maybe we'll go to the one show next week, and it'll be a Champions League recap and a U.S. Open preview. And it'll come out. Maybe it'll come out like Tuesday. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Not the biggest deal in the world. We'll figure it out. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll probably go to once a week soon um, because we've just had our final weekend uh, footy. And I don't know if I could do 30, 40 minutes a week just doing NFL headlines and soccer transfer rumors back to back because uh, baseball is too much right now, that's for sure. So, all right. Um, hopefully, you had a nice little weekend where you were. And um, we're closing out the soccer season here, getting into the transfer window. One more game left, the most important game in club football, and it'll be very, very exciting. So we'll talk about that. Man City Inter on Thursday's show, a full preview coming your way. Until then, enjoy the hockey, enjoy the basketball. We'll talk to you Thursday. Peace.
football and sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.